president of troops in Washington since the Civil War. Tonight, President-elect Joe Biden, with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris at his side, wanted to talk about something else, such as the global pandemic that has filled up hospitals throughout Southern California and the unraveling economy, which has led to staggering job loss and business closures. Our rescue and recovery plan is a path forward with both seriousness of purpose, with transparency and accountability. The economic fight punctuated by this morning's report of higher than expected job loss. That's been jobless claims surging to the highest weekly total since August as nearly one million Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. Part of the package, an increase in direct payment relief. We will finish the job of getting a total of $2,000 in cash relief to people who need it the most. The $600 already appropriated is simply not enough. You just have to choose between paying rent and putting food on the table. One part of a $1.9 trillion spending plan to reopen schools and give relief to strapped local governments, as well as to roll out the COVID-19 vaccine. To meet our goal of 100 million shots at the end of my first 100 days as president. This will be one of the most challenging operational efforts we have ever undertaken as a nation to mobilize more medical teams to get shots in people's arms, to increase vaccine supply, and to get it out the door as fast as possible. Now, Mr. Biden says he will get into details about that rollout tomorrow. Tonight, though, he talked about, again, $1.9 trillion, including an increase of the national minimum wage to $15 an hour. He also said there would be relief to small businesses, particularly those entrepreneurs of color, and, of course, there would be an increase in unemployment insurance, a broad and very expensive package, but he says is needed not just to get the pandemic under control, but to get the economy moving again for all Americans. I'm Conan Nolan, NBC4 News. Conan, let's talk quickly about the inauguration. It seems as if they are planning to move forward with an outdoor event, even as the FBI and other agencies are warning of, well, perhaps even another second attack on the Capitol, but not just Washington, D.C., but state capitals and other buildings as well. Uh, right, and uh, as I mentioned in the piece, never seen this kind of deployment of U.S. troops in our nation's capital since the war between the states, the Civil War. Uh, there's some concern, though, that, not concern, but observation, that perhaps this is a, a message sent to those who would uh, cause problems not to come to Washington, and there's a concern, as you point out, that instead they may go to state capitals, even city halls, as a general anti-government statement. But once again, uh, in Sacramento, we understand that the governor is uh, going to deploy the National Guard, a sign of the times, what is supposed to be a ceremony celebrating the democratic institutions of America, and the democracy that we live in is now being boarded up as there's fear of, uh, of violence come January 20th. Indeed, sad to see it so necessary. Thank you very much, Conan Nolan. Colleen. Now to the coronavirus outbreak. California has received nearly 3 million doses of the vaccine to date, but has only administered 900,000 vaccines across the entire state. Now, if you do the math on that, that is fewer than one-third of the shots available. Tomorrow, L.A. is opening its first mega-vaccine site at Dodger Stadium to speed up the vaccine rollout. But can anyone who qualifies even get their vaccine? NBC4's Kathy Keeley is covering some of the rollout concerns.
With vaccination at Dodger Stadium, L.A. County will join other Southern California counties with mega sites already in operation. But unlike the others, L.A. is still limited to vaccinating prioritized health care workers and not ready to start vaccinating seniors 65 plus. And as with the state overall, less than half the vaccine shipped to L.A. County has actually been put into arms. Supervisor Janice Hahn. I think that we need to do a better job going forward. Governor Newsom went over some of the challenges when he spoke yesterday with NBC's Miguel Almaguer. There's different protocols, procedures, processes, there's different relationships, local health officers, counties, direct providers themselves, clinics, hospitals. And so it's all of those nuances that make this more complex from a logistics perspective. And so you have great success in certain regions of the state, other parts are moving a little slowly. Apart from community sites, a major role is envisioned for pharmacies, including the national drugstore chains and marketplace pharmacies. As many vaccines as we receive, we schedule appointments for vaccine doses, and we are usually out by the end of the week. Some in Southern California have begun vaccinating those at the top of the priority list, but its planning to age 65-plus remains murky. Long Beach, which has its own health department, today expanded vaccinations to the next priority level, including <sighs> not just city leaders, but also seniors, emergency responders, and certain essential workers. I just want to make very clear to the media, I've been reading a lot of reports about uh, disaster stories happening other places, other counties, other cities, um, some horror stories, that is not happening in Long Beach. Long Beach developed its own reservation system independent of L.A. County. So I want to streamline this uh, sign-up wait list uh, so that 65-year and older folks uh, can begin getting on a list. Give them some kind of peace of mind. In expectation, Ross did open his website for seniors in L.A. County to make appointments. He kept getting the message, please choose another time. Mm. Now, Ross and Albertsons, Vons, Pavilions, all emphasize they are eager to begin vaccinating 65-plus, but they rely on the rules being set by the local county health departments, all in Southern California, permitting that new category to be vaccinized, but not yet L.A. County. L.A. County's director saying they may not be ready to move forward until the end of the month. For now, reporting live, Patrick Healy, NBC4 News. All right, thank you, Patrick Healy. A plea for patience also in Orange County tonight after a rough rollout of a COVID-19 vaccine at the Disney theme park's parking lot. Orange County officials told NBCLA that the uh, website, that's the website where people are supposed to go for appointments, had 100 million hits, and that created a real slowdown. NBC4's Vicki Vargas now with the latest on where things stand. Dave and Margaret Nelson are both 71 years old and equally frustrated. Their email to us was one of many we received citing technical trouble. I got to the point of creating the account, but it would never take it. And somebody else said, oh, yeah, it's still slow. This is the point of their frustration. It's just a few clicks. The Orange County Health Care Agency is asking anyone who wants a COVID-19 vaccine to get their appointment from Ocena, either online or through the company's app as demonstrated in this YouTube video. Officials estimate 3,000 people were able to sign up for the first day of vaccines at this Disneyland super point of distribution site. But when we tried to log on today, the website made it clear we were not the only ones. It did seem to me that they lowering it to 65 was letting the dam burst. The Buenaparte couple is internet savvy. In fact, Dave Nelson is a retired computer data analyst. We had eight months to be ready for 
a vaccine coming out and what we were going to do. County officials say their allotment of doses is in the tens of thousands for a county of 3.2 million people. And that, they say, is the real problem. It is not an Athena problem. Um, it, it has everything to do with the availability of appointments, and that is driven by the amount of vaccine we're getting. More vaccines are being distributed separately to senior living centers like this one. Hospitals say they're now overwhelmed with requests, but are only vaccinating their employees. Being older, you know, in our 70s, we just would like to have that vaccine and have a little more uh, confidence maybe going out or doing things. Putting out this information, though, you're creating this expectation of, you know, and so it's like, yeah, I mean, if it's available, everybody wants it. The Nelsons say they'll keep trying, but they'll also keep double masking and only getting food to go at the drive-thru. Vicki Vargas, NBC4 News. Just a bit later on this newscast, Nurse Alice Benjamin will be joining us live. That'll happen around 5.45 to answer your questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. And we have collected a lot of very useful information on NBCLA.com and the NBCLA app, including we've got there an interactive tool that lets you see your county's vaccination plan and when you're eligible to get vaccinated, shall we? All right, taking a live look outside from Mount Wilson. You'll see the sun about to set there in just a couple of minutes. We're keeping an eye on all the wind and the warm weather out there. Meteorologist Anthony Yanez has your first alert forecast. Anthony, say hello. You know, I want to draw your attention to Camel Rio here. 91 degrees was the high temperature this afternoon. That made for the hottest temperature, or warmest temperature throughout the entire country in a lot of mid-80s like we talked about. Of course, we have the Santa Ana winds. And we're going to see even more record highs coming in tomorrow. I'll have all of that for you coming up after this press conference. Hey, Anthony, there is some local fallout now from the Capitol Hill chaos. A Southern California man is now in custody. NBC4's I-Team first reported the arrest this morning, and our investigative reporter joins us live right now, Eric Leonard. Eric. Well, Chuck, this 20-year-old man now faces three federal criminal charges, and he appears to be the first person from Southern California linked to the violence at the U.S. Capitol by federal authorities. Prosecutors say the allegations against him now could become more serious. Hunter Emke, seen here in sketches, has just made an initial appearance on the allegations in federal court in downtown L.A. The criminal case includes allegations that Emke damaged or destroyed government property, obstructed an official government proceeding, and violently entered the U.S. Capitol. The court filing says he was arrested at the Capitol January 6th, but released because police were overwhelmed. Earlier this week, the lead federal prosecutor on the Capitol assault case explained that initial charges being used to make arrests like this could become more serious once participants have been identified and each incident of violence or vandalism investigated to include the theft of potential national security information or national defense information to felony murder and even civil rights excessive force investigations. So just the gamut of cases and criminal conduct we're looking at is really mind-blowing. The FBI has taken the lead in trying to find the people involved in the Capitol assault, and it's asked for the public's help in identifying dozens of faces recorded by security and cell phone cameras that day. The FBI Director Christopher Wray said this afternoon that there have been more than 200 arrests across the country, at least 100 other people identified who will be arrested. One particular concern has been the participation by active or retired military and law.
Finally, that officer denied being at the Capitol, and today the L.A. County Sheriff's Department says one of its deputies has been referred to the FBI also for being in D.C. for those events last week. Reporting live, I'm investigative reporter Eric Leonard, NBC4 News. Back to you. All right, coming up after the mayor's news conference at 5.15, was it an inside job? The serious accusations about last week's attack on the Capitol. If you have a medical condition or an allergy, is it actually safe to get the COVID vaccine? Here's some of the questions we are asking and answering for you. Coming up. I'm Nurse Al with COVID-19 Vaccination 101. The most common side effects are pain at the injection site, headaches, dizziness, and sometimes fever. They should decide at once a day. Do the vaccines work? Yes. They have proven to be about 95% effective at protecting you from the virus. Did you still wear a mask? Yes. Have abundance of caution for your family and friends. Continue to wear your mask, completely covering your nose and mouth to slow the spread.
And we seek to understand how this will happen. Just as at the beginning of this pandemic, we tried to understand what this virus did and how it spread and how we could stop it and how we could stand up testing and what we could do to address disparities and so much more. This is a critical moment and we've got to get it right. So let me give you an update on all three of those things, the numbers, where we're at, how we're helping people get through this, and the vaccines, because I know it's making a lot of headlines. There's no question that getting a vaccine, as it is right now, twice, to every American is the largest logistical undertaking that I've ever seen in my lifetime as an American. And it's happening with a startling lack of guidance coming from the Trump administration and against the backdrop of hundreds of millions of doses that we should have secured and didn't. In the midst of that, there are those of us, your county and state and local officials who run into that fire and together with, yes, many good federal folks who are trying to help, figure out how we can make sure that as fast as possible to the most vulnerable of our people, we can protect them and move our economy forward. So let me try to simplify this, because I think most people are asking three questions. Who, what, and where? Who is getting vaccinated in LA County right now? Right now, it's just two groups. Healthcare workers, and there's estimated to be almost a million healthcare workers in LA County, and seniors who live in skilled nursing facilities. Those who were up to half of the deaths early on, our most vulnerable seniors, many of them who are already by definition sick or with pre-existing conditions or in the most vulnerable age of their life. Those are the two categories right now, folks. Our healthcare workers and those seniors living in skilled nursing facilities. What is the next question? What is needed to get a vaccine? Or simply put, an appointment. And what you'll receive right now, at least until other vaccines that promise potentially one dose, is two doses of either a Moderna or Pfizer vaccine. It requires two shots. There's a gap between those shots of shots between either 21 or 28 days. And then where? Where will these vaccinations be given? They're either going to happen at public sites, such as ones run by our county, by the city, and other cities around, by your own doctor or healthcare provider, or at a pharmacy. Those are the three places that vaccinations are and will continue to be given out. I've been visiting those vaccination sites and trying to do everything I can as mayor of the city of Los Angeles to assist our county in everything that they're doing to stand up sites by either giving city property to them or in other cases running some of those pods they've asked us and I've talked to you about before to help those healthcare workers that estimated to be as many as half a million who still are not vaccinated to get through as many and any that want that so we can move on to our next tier. I've heard the concerns of people on those sites. I've seen the databases crash as you try to get your first Wi-Fi connection. I've seen the state work hard to improve the technological side and that will roll out soon. I've seen our county public health nurses administer and our volunteers from our fire department and core, our amazing partner on testing, pivot to an even more complex problem of giving vaccinations out. And I've spoken with Angelinos who are frustrated by the long waits and sometimes the seemingly contradictory information that's out there. We're not just listening to those concerns. We're taking action. And this week I sent a letter advocating for more doses for our cities and local governments 
without taking a single dose away from our counties like LA County to help us get more vaccines out to more people more quickly. The bottom line is we don't have enough vaccines. And then people point often, well, look how many aren't going out there. It's a dual problem. We need more and we need them to get out more quickly. But one thing we've shown through our testing program is we know how to get the job done, that there are heroes amongst us. I saw those heroes in the city families, firefighters, who have helped stand up the best testing program in America and are now vaccinating their fellow firefighters and other key folks in our cause who are healthcare workers throughout the county. And I'm excited that together with the state and answering the call of LA County, we're helping open up and we will be running tomorrow at Dodger Stadium, a vaccination site that will go live tomorrow and be one of the biggest in the country, if not the biggest in the country. This is a site, as we've seen at Dodger Stadium, that can get people through safely, conveniently, and most importantly, rapidly. And right now, the only people to reiterate that, that are eligible for vaccines in LA County right now, are healthcare workers and seniors who are living in senior homes and skilled nursing facilities. And let me stop here and just thank the people who are working at those sites. As people get upset that I'm not getting my vaccine or it's not happening quickly enough, I know how hard you are working. I see you. In fact, I've been alongside you. Those nurses, those people working to direct traffic or as logistics specialists, people making sure that we draw the vaccine, people who are counting the doses, and people who are monitoring folks after they get the vaccine to make sure nobody has an adverse reaction. You truly are heroes right now, and you're learning lessons every single day. And I hope everybody out there knows how hard those folks are working inside our hospitals and at these sites. And someone who helped you get a test a month ago might be the very same face you see when it's your turn to get a vaccination at one of these sites. And I want to remind everybody this vaccine is safe. This vaccine is safe. It's your civic duty when it's your turn to get that vaccine. It's an act of love for your fellow citizen because it's going to save someone's life or many people's life. And it's a forward step to reopening our schools and our economy. I spoke today with President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris and members of the administration who are focused on the goals of the next 100 days. And I stand ready to help them meet their goals of vaccinating 100 million people in the next 100 days. Los Angeles will help get that job done. There's a long way to go. We're going to have to scale up. But if I've learned anything over the last 10 months, don't bet against LA. Don't bet against the ingenuity and the hard work and the creativity and the inclusion that our problem solvers bring to any job. Tomorrow, we're going to open up our first mass vaccination site at Dodger Stadium with the capacity to inoculate 12,000 people each day. When it's fully up and running, we will see as many as 12,000 people, possibly more, come through there and receive their dose, their first dose, and of course then later their second dose of the vaccination. And we're deploying a whole workforce to administer shots and doing it all without this clear sense of when vaccines will arrive from the federal government. But we have to take that risk. We have to get it out quick and assume that the next vaccine will be there. America deserves that. Los Angeles deserves nothing less. We're working around the clock to get vaccines to every Angelino, equitably, safely, and soon. But none of this is easy, and we need your help. So please stay informed. I know headlines can sometimes be misleading. The state is 
staying and you're wondering, does that apply to us? A neighboring county who might be at a different phase in their vaccinations because of how many workers they have in the healthcare sector. Educate yourself here of what's happening in LA County. Learn when the vaccine is being offered. Sign up for regular updates from your doctor and your healthcare provider and from the County Department of Public Health at vaccinatelacounty.com. That's vaccinatelacounty.com. Again, be a good citizen. Angelenos have made sacrifices to help our community get through these moments. They've done a marvelous job at every stage of this crisis, so let's keep that up. Don't try to cut the line, don't try to make a deal. Please be patient and know that the vaccine will come. And finally, when it is your turn to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. It is safe and effective. You'll need to make an appointment and bring your ID when your time comes. And remember, there's two doses for, as of right now in all the vaccines that are permitted to get fully protected. And make sure that your family and friends get their shots too. This is our civic duty, our responsibility to one another and our way out of this pandemic. As our public health partners work around the clock to get vaccines into arms, and our doctors and nurses fight this virus in our hospitals, we'll also soon be getting some badly needed relief from the federal government. One additional thing I spoke to the president-elect about today was his American Rescue Plan, $1.9 trillion that he is introducing and that we hope Congress will swiftly approve to give the assistance to Americans that we need to accelerate our way out of this pandemic and to stand up our economy, to build back better in the United States of America. Tonight I join mayors from across the country discussing the details of this bill and Congress needs to get this relief passed immediately. It includes utility assistance and rental assistance that builds on the successful programs that we had right here in Los Angeles and continue to have. To have aid for everything from childcare, for the unemployed. It increases that payment, yes, finally, from $600 to the full $2,000 by adding $1,400 to families that are barely scraping by. Assistance for our businesses, assistance for our transit systems, and yes, finally, for local and state governments that are on the front line. It does it with equity, looking at those communities of color who have been hardest hit, ensuring that our federally qualified healthcare centers can get vaccines out where we're having outbreaks. It does everything right, but we need that money to come swiftly, and we need it to come strongly. If we learned anything from 2009 and the Great Recession, is Congress and the administration then didn't go big enough, and it didn't come fast enough. This finally is the size that we need, and I hope they will give us the speed that America demands. On so many levels, the desperate calls of families are being answered with this package. And we know that when we get this passed, we can help stand up our economy that much quicker. We can get vaccines to people that much more swiftly. This is the leadership we need, and I enthusiastically support President-elect Biden and Vice President Harris's effort in this critical undertaking. As of today, let's run through the numbers. As of today, one in three people in LA County, it's estimated, have been infected by the virus. One in three. That's more than three million of our neighbors and friends. As of January 12th, there were 544 open or active outbreaks in non-residential locations in Los Angeles, places like warehouses and shops, offices, delivery centers, police stations, fire stations, and at LAX. Our numbers remain very high. We remain one of the epicenters 
of this disease across the country. But they are, luckily, numbers not now at record levels. Remember, our test positivity rate was cresting up past 25% at our city testing facilities. Right now, we're at 18.9% countywide and down to 20.4% at our city testing facilities, a drop of about 20%. That's a good sign. But I'll tell you how that number goes right back up if we don't stay vigilant, if we don't keep wearing our masks, if we don't make sure that we're continuing our distancing, don't mix households, and do all the things that we know can control this virus. We had 17,323 new infections today in LA County, still a huge number, an 18% increase just since yesterday. And of those, nearly 8,000 were in the city of Los Angeles, 7,912. 1,677 patients are severely sick in our intensive care unit, 1.5 times higher than last month. And I spoke with um, executives in a number of our hospitals today, and they said, while they're breathing a little bit easier today than they were yesterday and the day before, they're still exhausted and being worked to the bone. There are some hopeful signs that the interventions that you are leading, our actions, right now are seeing a massive spike from Christmas and New Year's, but it's too early to know for sure. We're beginning to see some of that potentially work. 7,715 people are now hospitalized for COVID-19, a 2% decrease since yesterday. Again, not big, but was the last time you heard me talk about a decrease in hospitalizations at all? We see early signs that hospitalizations may be stabilizing, but I remind people, this plateau, if it is a plateau, is too high to sustain long-term. But we aren't even close to being out of the woods. Every one of these numbers is devastatingly high. And we know that case count results in hospitalizations, and those hospitalizations will result in too many deaths. This is the moment for us to double down, to take to heart what I've been saying, that we're all doing so much, but we can each always do a little bit more, and to stretch, to push down this curve, just as we did last year, to make sure that we're staying home and washing our hands, avoiding every kind of gathering, tightening our bubble. And if you can work at home right now, you should work at home. If your employer, and by the way, your employer is obligated to support you in that. If your employer isn't allowing you to work from home, please let us know. And even once you've been vaccinated, you need to keep taking your precautions because you can still spread. The vaccine prevents disease, but we don't know for sure whether or not it cuts off your ability to spread. So wear your mask even after vaccination. If you have COVID symptoms or think you might have been exposed, get tested immediately and quarantine until you've received back a negative result. And if your test result comes back positive, isolate yourself for at least 10 days from the time your symptoms first appeared and stay isolated for at least 24 hours after your last visit. As of this week, we've conducted 3.66 million tests at city sites since the start of this pandemic. This week, we're conducting up to 28,000 tests a day and now that we are transitioning the Dodger Stadium site and the VA, the vaccination mega sites at Dodger Stadium, we're working to rapidly expand testing capacity at other sites across the country, sorry, the city. We've added 2,000 spaces in our mobile, uh, um, our mobile teams that are out there, and mobile clinics, excuse me, that we're bringing to you. And so far, it's holding. Testing appointments are available currently for tomorrow and Saturday. And as always, our five walk-up sites and pop-up sites will take folks with or without an appointment. To find out the location of those mobile teams, 
for any of our testing sites and pharmacies and other places throughout our city and county, please go to coronavirus lcd org slash testing or call 311. Finally, during all of this, we've tried to help one another, especially those areas and those people who have been toughest hit by this pandemic. The Grocery Initiative for Vital Emergency Needs, or Giver, was created to support those struggling Angelinos with a little bit of help to make sure they could buy groceries, feed their families, pay their bills. And thanks to an anonymous donation of $3 million, the Mayor's Fund for Los Angeles was able to fully fund this program and meet its goal of helping 10,000 more local families. And even in a season of suffering, Angelinos have gone above and beyond the call of service. With 1,280 donors up to the Mayor's Fund in December alone, thank you to each one of you, whether you stretched to give $5 or whether you stretched to give a million dollars. We didn't just meet our goal, we exceeded it, and we need to keep it going until that federal aid arrives. We expanded the Given Initiative by more than 25%, helping 12,572 families. And Given built on our series of relief efforts, our workers, our households, and especially our city small businesses. Early on, we set aside a portion of our CARES Act allocation to help those small businesses that are the lifeblood of LA. I'm the grandson of two small businessmen, one who was a barber and one who was a tailor. I remember my first jobs were working for my grandfather, sweeping up hair at the barber shop, helping sell ties in my father's or my grandfather's clothing shop. We know that this is what keeps communities stabilized. We know what this is doing to provide opportunity and build wealth, but we also know what's on the line. Communities shattered, fortunes lost, and jobs, jobs, jobs that disappear when a business goes away. The grants we were able to give were the difference between folding up and pushing through. But without federal assistance, these funds have dried up, and the wait list has grown longer and longer. And for the most vulnerable businesses, they never got access to PPP and other things that require on having a great relationship at a, uh, one of the bigger banks. This is a city of angels, though. And so we have stepped up. And tonight, thanks to an incredibly generous donation of $5 million from Wheel Bay and Bob Iger, I'm proud to announce that a 1,000 of our city's hardest hit businesses will come off that waiting list and be helped now to be able to bridge this moment to survive and soon, yes, to thrive once again. Thank you, Willow and Bob and your entire family for your generosity of realizing the importance of small businesses and standing up help for a thousand businesses in every neighborhood of LA. After you guys gave $500,000 to the mayor's fund early in the crisis, your new commitment will help these businesses weather this storm and we are beyond grateful for your bold leadership. No matter who you are, no matter how much you have, you can make a difference as well. Please go to mayorsfundla.org and give anything you can to help those workers and those families and those businesses struggling. There's beginning to be the light at the end of the tunnel, but right now we're still stuck in that darkness. Help is on the way. Los Angeles, this has been a bitter winter, and we're not through it yet. It's a challenging chapter, a confusing moment, and it's been capping off four long and difficult years where our city has seemed to be the target of Washington, D.C. But hope is on the horizon and change is coming, and strength sleeps, hibernates, like an animal waiting for the frost to melt, and for hope to rise up like a flower out of that. 
And this is our moment for all of us to see that and to do what's right, to double down, to wait our turn, to make sure we're helping, to be vigilant, and to see a Los Angeles and a nation that will rise once again. So keep being there for each other and keep making sacrifices and keep staying safe and staying healthy and staying home. Strength and love, Los Angeles. We're going to get through this. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, he began his assessment of the coronavirus situation here in the city of Los Angeles by using the term frustration. And indeed, today, that is what many here in the city of Los Angeles, as well as the county of Los Angeles, are feeling because they see other people getting the vaccination and they wonder why not them. Well, he outlined that, gave us a brief outline. He said right now the priority is health care uh, workers. He said there is about a million of them that need to get the vaccine and seniors living in skilled nursing facilities. As we put on this screen right now, the uh, case numbers that he also mentioned today. Uh, he said that sites are going to be set up, but also to expect to get the vaccination from a, uh, a public site like Dodger Stadium, which will open tomorrow. They expect to do about 12,000 people today. But once again, remember, it is only for those who are in skilled nursing or health care providers. And other sites, he said, would open, but he didn't specifically name where they were. And remember, there are two shots, and they're anywhere from, what, uh, 21 to 28 days apart. So public sites, pharmacies, and health care facilities. That's where you're going to get the shot. And he also said that it is your public duty, your civic duty, to quote him correctly here, to get that vaccination. Uh, he also mentioned President Joe Biden and uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. He said he spoke to both of them today about that $1.9 trillion stimulus package they call America Rescue Plan. Of course, he hopes that that is going to speed up getting the vaccine out to so many people. He also talked about... Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, getting getting information to you. And the best way, he said, to do that right now is to go to the website vaccinatelacounty.com. Colleen. Chuck, while we were listening and watching the mayor, we've also been keeping an eye on this breaking news out of Thousand Oaks right now. You can see firefighters traveling what appears to be a big brush fire out there, fueled by all the winds, the high temperatures we've had, and the low humidity. Ileana Moreno is the scene right now in New Chapel 4 Alpha. Ileana. Colleen, we're just south of 23 Freeway and Earth Road. This fire breaking out at about 5 to 10, and it is already 10 acres in size at least. The fire burning all the way to the street here, which is going to be Earth Road, which is also where the Ventura County Fire Department is staging. But let me widen out the shot because we want to talk about the homes. There are homes threatened by this fire, and at this point, through the emergency operation system, the uh, LA County Sheriff's Department, or rather the Ventura County Sheriff's Department, is letting residents know to either shelter in place or they can voluntarily evacuate. This community that I'm pushing in on here is going to be the area of Sunset Knolls. I can tell you that there is already structure protection in place for these homes as the winds are pushing the flames in this general direction. The winds out here are strong, 20 to 30 miles an hour, and as we were coming out here to the fire, I can tell you that we were getting tossed around pretty good coming out here to Thousand Oaks. Now, again, structures threatened by this fire, a second alarm fire, the Ventura County Fire Department on scene uh, from the air and the ground. I can tell you that there are three helicopters making water drops on the fire, and four 
Unfortunately, their water source is very close. They have Bark Lake, which is just to the north of it. You see it there. And that is where they are drawing water from to drop it on these claims. And you see the helicopter coming into place right now. We should see a water drop there. You'll see the water there coming out.
has worn out on Congress and how they were dealing with their members and its officers. There's increasing concern about what was happening here in the district in the days before the insurrection, raising the question about whether the rioters had help before the attack. Thousands poured into a Capitol, which includes a maze of hallways and many unmarked doors. Did some of the insurrectionists have maps, plans, or advice on how to navigate? At least 30 U.S. House members, including Virginia Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger, are now asking Capitol Police to review suspicious behavior and access given to visitors to the Capitol complex on Tuesday, January 5th, saying people associated with the White House rally on January 6th were seen taking tours the day before. With the Capitol closed to the public during the pandemic, only members of Congress can offer tours now. I would hope that every member will volunteer that information. It doesn't mean that anything, you know, anybody, a member of Congress was necessarily conspiring, but we, we should be looking into every uh, single aspect of this. Some U.S. Capitol Police officers are also under review. Two are suspended for possible misconduct, including one for allegedly wearing a MAGA hat, another for taking a selfie in the crowd of rioters. But News 4 has learned as many as 20 are now under review and that that number is expected to grow. Meanwhile, amid fears, some members of Congress are carrying guns while on the House floor and circumventing the newly installed metal detectors. The House Speaker has put in place a fine for bypassing the magnetometer, $5,000 for the first offense. Not everybody's pleased. Would police officers issue you out along the perimeter to where we know threats are? The members of Congress are criticizing Capitol Police for not having press briefings or making public statements, saying getting information right now is nearly impossible. Scott McFarland, NBC News, Washington. Now at 6 o'clock, a slow roll. The efforts to speed up the COVID-19 vaccines as Los Angeles gears up now to open its phase first mega distribution site at Dodger Stadium. There's no time to waste. We have to act, and we have to act now. President-elect Joe Biden unveils his nearly $2 trillion spending plan to combat the coronavirus and get the economy going again. And getting ready for Inauguration Day, the honor for an L.A. native chosen to participate in the ceremony. Good evening. I'm Chuck Henry. And I'm Carolyn Johnson, joining you from home as we continue to physically distance during the pandemic. But we want to begin with breaking news in Thousand Oaks, where firefighters are battling a bright fire fueled by strong winds there. Eliana Moreno over the scene for us in East Chapel 4 Alpha. Eliana. Carolyn, we're just off the 23 freeway and Herbs Road. When this fire broke out at about 510, it was about 10 acres in size. But since then, due to the strong winds and dry vegetation, the fire has quickly grown to about 30 acres and spotted ahead of itself and across the road. The spot fire alone is 10 acres. So you can imagine uh, what the conditions are under for the Sierra County Fire Department. And there are structures threatened. These are going to be the homes based off of uh, Chuck Knowles and uh, other streets like Mulberry Place. And uh, unfortunately, at this point, uh, the fire continues to grow and they can't have any visible aircraft on this fire due to the darkness. But we do have helicopters overhead as well as plenty of ground crews trying to protect the structures at this point. So help lost. These earthquakes continue to follow this fire throughout the news camp, but right now we want to get some new numbers on the coronavirus outbreak. LA County is
is reporting 287 deaths today and more than 17,000 new cases of COVID-19. While health leaders believe the case numbers are now starting to level off, our hospitals remain overwhelmed with more than 7,900 people being treated right now for complications caused by the virus. A new COVID-19 vaccine site opened today, and this long line of cars was the situation at Hanson Dam. They started lining up well before the drive-through clinic opened its gates. So now this site is only open to healthcare workers with proper IDs and an appointment. Chuck? As of today, Carolyn, California has received 2.8 million COVID-19 vaccines, but only pushed about 900,000 doses into people's arms. NBC 4's Patrick Keeley is on top of this story for us tonight. The slow rollout and the effort to try to speed it up. Patrick. Indeed, Chuck, that's been a recurring issue, and Mayor Garcetti is marching about, though, touched on that. But for his larger point, and this was left this evening, uh, another one of the mayor's hard points, tough spots, but also making sure it's understood that when this Dodger Stadium megasite opens tomorrow, eligibility is limited. It is not for seniors 65 plus that can get vaccinated in the other counties around the LA. And also to make sure that they understand this is just for the healthcare workers, technically those for living seniors living in long-term care. So we'll set up these actions for patients and residents. Don't try to cut the line. Don't try to make a deal. Please be patient. And know that the vaccine will come. And finally, when it is your turn to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. And indeed, the mayor acknowledged that there have been problems with the rollout, both nationwide and locally, that there is need for more vaccine, but there also is need to get what is already here administered more quickly. Even as counties are planning to roll out more mega-community vaccination sites, pharmacies and market and drug stores are taking on a bigger role as counties allocate them more vaccines. As many vaccines we receive, we'll schedule appointments for vaccine doses and they are usually out by the end of the week. Ewan Hain is district pharmacy manager for Augustine Bronx Pavilion. Vaccinating priority health care workers and a recent date adding seniors 65 plus at all of its pharmacies except those under LA County jurisdiction. And as much as we would love to give the vaccine to everybody 65 plus, uh, we simply cannot do that unless the county opens up that category to us. Long Beach, which has its own health department, today's expanded vaccinations to the next priority level, including not just city leaders, but also seniors, emergency responders, and certain essential workers. I just want to make very clear to the media, I've been reading a lot of reports about uh, disaster stories, what happening in other places, other counties, other cities, um, some horror stories, that is not happening in Long Beach. And as with the state overall, less than half the vaccines shipped to L.A. County have actually been pushed into Orange. Supervisor Janet Tom. I wish we moved to a better job going forward. And one of those areas is setting up arrangements where people can register for vaccination. They know when they are eligible. The pharmacies are setting up their own registration sites. The state is setting up another it's going to take a while before all of this is coordinated. But for now, that big site is out of the stadium tomorrow, only for healthcare workers. Reporting live, Patrick Healy, NBC4 News. All right, we got that. Thank you, Patrick. We know that a lot of you have questions about the vaccine, where to get it, when and how. We've tried to streamline it all for you on NBCLA.com. That's our website and our app as well, the NBCLA app. There's an interactive tool that will actually detail your county's vaccine plan and when you're eligible if 
that vaccination. A plan from President-elect Joe Biden, he unveiled his nearly $2 trillion stimulus package today, focused on vaccines, the economy, and reopening schools. NBC 4's Kona Nolan joins us now from the newsroom with more details of this plan. Kona, you would like to give us some context. Remember 2009, President Obama, after the Great Recession, the Recovery Act, that was $800 billion. This week's proposal, $1.9 trillion, is on top of the yeah, $900 billion from uh, late last year, which was on top of a $2 trillion before that. A staggering amount of money. But the president-elect says there's no other way. It was not about impeachment or the safety concerns headed into Inauguration Day. Instead, President-elect Joe Biden, with his incoming vice president, Kamala Harris, at his side, spoke of unity in the effort to bring the nation out of a pandemic and restore its tanking economy. We need more action, more bipartisanship. We need to move quickly. We need to move fast. Mr. Biden's plan, $1.9 trillion, including $150 billion to mount a national vaccination program, increased direct payment relief by $1,400 per person and $350 billion to state and local governments as well as aid to small businesses, particularly those owned by entrepreneurs of color. It also provide more peace of mind for struggling families by extending unemployment insurance beyond the end of March to millions of workers. This gets money quickly into the pockets of millions of Americans who will spend it immediately on food and rent and other basic needs. And the economist tell us that helps the whole economy grow. Mr. Biden wants $400 billion to help schools reopen and to vaccinate at least 100 million Americans by May. This is one of the most challenging operational efforts we have ever undertaken as a nation. To mobilize more medical teams to get shots in people's arms, to increase vaccine supply, and to get it out the door as fast as possible. Today was about the economic relief. Tomorrow, the president-elect will talk about that plan to roll out the vaccine. Once again, he says it is there, but it doesn't do any good unless people actually receive it. And he criticized the federal government's current efforts of trying to roll it out. I'm Conan Nolan, NBC4 News. Conan, let's talk about the inauguration here. The FBI still warning about post-Trump rioters planning another attack, not just in Washington. Uh, that's right. The FBI director says there's a lot of chatter about lots of folks showing up at the Capitol. We have the largest deployment of troops in Washington right now since the Civil War. But there are others who believe that uh, there are plenty of folks who will look for softer targets, and that is not just uh, this citadel of democracy in Washington, but rather governmental institutions and buildings elsewhere, such as the uh, California State Capitol in Sacramento, Governor Gavin Newsom deploying the National Guard in Sacramento to uh, protect the Capitol there. And, of course, there's concern about even city halls. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of worry out there as to exactly what the next few days is going to look like, especially the 20th of January. Back to you. All right, thank you, Conan. Inauguration honors weekend up. A native getting ready to participate in this ceremony. Plus, California's power emergency, a new report that explains this summer's rolling blackouts and why they happen. And it alerts for Disney annual pass holders. A major announcement from the theme park came out late today. And temperatures today were in the upper 80s, even with a 91-degree reading. So we'll talk about the warm posted list throughout the rest of our work week. And also a high fire threat. That's a concern. Details coming up with Victor Spiller's forecast. The documented and unafraid will my friend Rosa fight the power to bloom the dead in the spirit, the bedrock of her community. He's a group of
don't they know as he stopped the man's heart with one word right to the future like a rag in my fingers he wet sand the los angeles native who graduated from harvard writes about social and racial justice pushing for change by putting pen to paper titus feel the poet now that we know it we can't blow it she draws both inspiration and insight from her mother dr joe wolf teaches at a summer school in Watts. There's a poem in Los Angeles, running wide as the Pacific tide, where a single mother sweltered in a windowless classroom, teaching black and brown students in Watts to spell it for a thought so her daughter might write this poem for you. While in high school, Gorman was named the first youth poet laureate of Los Angeles. In 2017, she was named the first national youth poet laureate. I love to write. I love to speak up because there's been too many people who've been kept from that opportunity. The oak bends harshly towards the light. Gorman had a speech impediment growing up and says writing poetry helped her express herself. The only thing that couldn't see to me was myself. That determination and her talent will now set her center stage on a history-making day. There's a place where this poem dwells, it is here, it is now, in the yellow song of Dolly's Bell, where we write an American lyric we are just beginning to tell. Los Angeles, Kimball D'Amato, NBC4 News. COVID-19 outbreak starts skyrocketing at Southern California supermarkets right now. An investigative reporter, Joel Grover, has approval of the startling new data obtained by the NBC4 Eyeshade. An entire family infected with COVID-19. 29-year-old Denise Gonzalez is now in a wheelchair from suspected nerve damage due to the virus. Her daughter also got COVID. So did her brother, his baby son, his wife, and their father. But the first person in this household to get it, they say, was their mother, Maricela, who works in the produce department at this Albertsons in Tustin. Do you think you infected your whole family? I think so. I have to work. I have no faith. In just the month of December, in Orange County and the southern part of L.A. County, there were 146 COVID outbreaks in supermarkets, including at 31 Ralph stores, 17 Vons, and 16 Albertsons according to data from the Grocery Workers Union. L.A. County Health Department data shows outbreaks at food facilities like markets are up exponentially since late November. I'm scared every day when I start with stores. I mean, I know it's big dangerous every day. The supermarket chains say they've spent over a billion dollars to protect workers and customers. Tonight at 11, we'll tell you what the chains are doing, and we'll tell you how workers say they could be doing even more as the virus continues to surge in Southern California. For the Ice News, I'm Joel Grover. New officials got a warning from the IRS to look out for stimulus scams, and here's what you need to avoid. Text messages asking you to share your bank information, and emails, letters, and social media posts that ask you to click on a link. If you aren't sure about whether something is legit, the IRS says they welcome a call from you. Energy regulators are revealing what caused the blackouts last summer that affected hundreds of thousands of Californians. A new 131-page report highlights three major points, poor planning, election and market problems, and an extreme heat wave. 
they can't unbind the cause, the events of last August. And that's sort of how I feel older utilities, to cut electricity to customers on a rotating basis. More than 800,000 homes and businesses were affected over the two-day period. We'll take a live job now at Long Beach. There you see the Queen Mary and one of the Carnival Cruise ships not going anywhere. Let's go to meteorologist Melissa McGee. Who is going somewhere? She's got this particular forecast. Melissa. Hi there, Chuck. And yeah, we're going to be going up with our temperatures as well. Here's a picture outside looking from our San Pedro camera. we got a nice little thin sky and temperatures are going to see will start to climb even as we get into a Friday. Highs today will hit a record in Camarillo. That's in 91 degrees, 86 Fahrenheit. Downtown Los Angeles for high temperatures today of 83. Same thing in Long Beach. So we'll talk about the weather headlines. Record heat likely once again as we get into Friday. We're tracking a high fire threat. We had that threat that, that that fire that was contained in Mount Baldy, and also we're dealing with that fire right now in Valley and Oaks. Cooler, though, dramatically as we get into next week. So we'll talk about the details of right now. It's about the temperatures, 71 degrees in Anaheim, 81 still in Ontario. You look over into Santa Clarita, we've got a number coming in at 70. Thousand Oaks in at 81 degrees. So that's an issue right now with Thousand Oaks. It's very warm, and it's also very dry. We have a sustained wind at 4 miles per hour, so even though the winds aren't as strong right now, we've got a lot of dry vegetation. The last time we looked at any significant rainfall was well after Christmas. So the rest of the morning does stay up, but Ventura County, even for L.A. County, over into the Inland Empire, also for Inland Orange County. So winds gusting anywhere from 40 to 50 miles per hour. Those humidity numbers dropping into the single digits. Above average, though, as we head into the weekend, still high pressure stays in control. So records are likely tomorrow. 80s will be on the board and up to 90s as well. Would not be surprised if we had that. It's warm and windy as well as we head into the weekend. So to that, the winter conditions and also the warmth as well. Big Bear will likely have a record temperature tomorrow. If we hit 66, breaking world record at 62, so back in 2011, Riverside, Anaheim, those are records to watch. Downtown Los Angeles, we're calling for a high of 89, breaking that old record at 85 degrees. But for the rest of tonight, we're tracking those winds, and those will start to pick up and intensify. Santa Clarita, 22, 30 miles per hour there in Big Bear, Riverside, gusts overnight in at 25 miles per hour. You wake up very early tomorrow morning, Malibu, active coastal, 36 miles per hour in Santa Clarita, and at 31. Fast forward into early next week, because we're talking about a cool down dramatically that will be on the way as we get into Monday night into Tuesday, and area board pressure just swells south. Going to have to watch that and see if it migrates northward and brings us some precipitation. Right now, that warmth is on. Here's our first alert seven-day forecast. L.A. Basin and Lawrence County, 88 degrees tomorrow, but you can see that cooler air rushes in Tuesday and Wednesday. Same thing for the coast. It's a good-looking weekend when temperatures do cool off. The Valley, 88 degrees tomorrow. The Inland Empire, we've got temperatures in the upper 80s. Very nice as we head into the weekend. Then that cooler air does arrive as we get into next week, dropping down into the 60s. High desert and low desert. High desert, we've got the 70s. A chance of some precipitation for the low desert as we get into Tuesday as that cooler air does arrive. The mountain humidity, 68 degrees tomorrow. It's going to be very windy. 62 as we get into the weekend on Saturday. 60 on Sunday. The mountain humidity, we're tracking that area of low pressure that could bring us some rain or some snow showers as we get into late Monday into Tuesday. And just to keep posted on that. That is a look at your forecast. You ready for the heat? Sun, it's sunny. Let's do it, Melissa. Jared Goff to stay away from metal detectors. That is a warning. That was first unleashed a public fighting robot. Very exciting. On the section, NBC4 Sports Talk.
considered asking price. Project John Walker will not be there as an actor. He's recovered from that neck strain suffered in the first half last week in Seattle. When Ford opened his sign up center sponsor shot a few weeks ago, the president and his wife would open the backup. There's also considering bringing a third star back on the trip. Why not? The more the merrier. Undrafted rookie Bryce Perkins. Well, the extra deal with the hardware in your hand.
There's a report that people on the terror watch list were at the pro-Trump rally in D.C. on the day of the riot. What's the latest on that? Yeah, the Washington Post reporting dozens of white supremacists on that list were here, and the fact that they did come here could suggest another lapse with intelligence. Tom Costello, thanks. Just after Joe Biden is inaugurated next week, the impeachment trial of President Trump could begin in the Senate. But our brand new NBC News poll shows Americans sharply divided, 50 to 48 percent over the issue. Here's Peter Alexander. Tonight, 24 hours after speeding through the historic second impeachment of President Trump, Nancy Pelosi is still holding back on sending that incitement of insurrection charge over to the Senate. The earliest the trial could start next Wednesday. Inauguration day, an hour after President Rush Biden is sworn in. Today, one of the House Republicans who voted to impeach, saying he's now concerned for his safety. Many of us are, are altering our routines um, of working to get body armor. It's sad that we have to get to that point, but you know our expectation is that someone may try to kill us. Just 10 House Republicans voted for impeachment, while more than 90%, nearly 200 Republican members, voted against it, denouncing what they call a Democratic-led rush to judgment. There's been no investigation into this. If they really wanted the facts, and if they think the facts are on their side, they would have done that. They would have held a hearing uh, and, and, and gotten all of this out there. Tonight, a new NBC News poll finds Americans are evenly split over the president's impeachment and possible removal from office, with 90% of Republicans opposed. Today, as staffers begin removing items from the West Wing in preparation for Biden's inauguration ramp up, the focus turns to the Senate, where Democrats will need 17 Republicans to join them to convict and remove the president. An uphill climb. What good comes from impeaching, impeaching President Trump after he's out of office? That's an unconstitutional attack on the presidency. It will divide the country. It will incite violence. If convicted, President Trump could also be barred from holding office again. The top Democrat today was asked whether they would get enough Republican votes. I honestly don't know. I will tell you, I, I think it was uh, a shattering experience for all of us. I think a lot of members of the Senate on both sides of the aisle realized the gravity of the situation. The last impeachment trial took weeks, ending in an acquittal. Democrats arguing this time it would be much shorter. This is a very simple allegation. It is incitement to insurrection. It's President Trump's own statements. It is uh, how the, the uh, violent mob reacted to those statements. The trial could overshadow President Rush Biden's first days in office. Biden tweeting that he hopes the Senate will, quote, deal with their constitutional responsibilities on impeachment while also working on the other urgent business of this nation. Lester. Peter Alexander tonight. Thank you. A sobering new projection by the CDC this evening that COVID-19 could kill as many as 92,000 more Americans in the next three weeks as frustration grows over the chaotic rollout of the vaccine. Here's Miguel Almaguer. Developed at warp speed, tonight the vaccine rollout has been described more as slow motion, with only 11.1 million doses administered after roughly three times that number was distributed. And with more Americans wondering not just where and when to get the vaccine, some are questioning how it works. After Congressman Adriano Espaillat announced he contracted the virus after being vaccinated. In a statement, he writes, I am feeling well and currently not experiencing any symptoms. The representative, who says he followed safety protocols, testing positive last night after receiving his first dose in December and his second last week. 
take two weeks to get full protection. But even then, it's only 95% effective. And that's why we still need masks. That's why we still need social distancing. As state officials turn stadiums, convention centers, and fairgrounds into mass vaccine sites, there's growing confusion as a hodgepodge of states now allows seniors to get vaccinated immediately. I worry when I hear announcements, well, let's just open the floodgates and anyone over 65 who wants the vaccine can get it. Well, there's not enough vaccine to meet all that demand. Four former CDC directors tell NBC News states need cash and resources to streamline vaccination. There's been a great deal of over-promising on timelines. As we talk about vaccines and their importance, we need to keep reminding people that that isn't the be-all and end-all. With an estimated one in three people infected in L.A. County since the pandemic began, nationwide, more than 36,000 deaths have been reported in just the last two weeks. Tonight, the need for a vaccine is greater than ever, and so are the hurdles to get one. Well, Miguel, I know we both heard from people who now qualify to receive these shots, but they simply can't figure out how to get them. Well, yeah, Lester, there is no uniform rollout for the vaccine. Each state is handling it differently, compounding this issue. There isn't enough vaccine, and people can't get a simple and clear answer. Lester? All right, Miguel, I am here in Los Angeles. Thanks. And tonight, President-elect Joe Biden is unveiling his plan to combat the COVID pandemic and boost the economy. NBC's Jeff Bennett is following this for us. Jeff, what's Biden's plan? Lester, Joe Biden says as president, he'll call on Congress to pass a nearly $2 trillion coronavirus relief package, which would also boost direct payments to Americans to $2,000 from $600, increase the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, extend unemployment benefits, and help schools safely reopen. We didn't get into all this overnight. We won't get out of it overnight. And we can't do it as a separation and tomorrow, the transition says that the president-elect will lay out his plan to pick up the pace of COVID vaccinations. Lester? All right, Jeff, thanks. A new sign of how devastating the COVID resurgence has been to the economy. 965,000 Americans filing new unemployment claims last week, the most in nearly five months. That's about four times as high as pre-pandemic levels. An ex-governor and other former top officials in Michigan are facing new charges in connection with the Flint water crisis. Gabe Gutierrez has that story. Today, former Michigan Governor Rick Snyder pleaded not guilty to misdemeanor charges and willfully neglected his duties during the Flint water crisis. His lawyer calling it political persecution. Eight other former officials and aides were also charged in connection to the scandal. Two within voluntary manslaughter. This case has nothing whatsoever to do with partisanship. It has to do with human decency, resurrecting the complete abandonment of the people of Flint, and finally, finally holding people accountable. After the city of Flint switched from the Detroit water system to the contaminated Flint River to cut costs in 2014, at least 12 people died, 80 others were sickened, and thousands of children were exposed to high levels of lead in their drinking water. Flint mother Leanne Walter says she and her four children have been battling health problems for years.
The pandemic is causing a crisis within a crisis. In New York City alone, an estimated one in five seniors is going hungry. Cynthia McFadden has more. Well before sunrise, one of 30 city meal kitchens dotted around New York City is already at full speed. On the menu today, beef stew. Delivery driver Andrew Smith is at full speed as well. He's been doing this for nearly 20 years. And he knows 92 elders in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, are the dreams. Before the pandemic, there were an estimated 5.3 million hungry elders in America. That number is rapidly growing. Here in New York, City Meals on Wheels will deliver hot meals to 20,000 of them today and every day. Or quick cooked turkey. 
showed it was even worse, if possible, than we first believed. And just one week later, the president was impeached again. No president has ever been impeached twice. And some Republicans joined the effort. Who saw that coming? It feels as if we're being shaken upside down. Regaining equilibrium is a struggle. We have soldiers protecting the Capitol this week, even sleeping on the floor, because the Republic is still under threat. It's all quite real, unlike the fiction about the election being stolen. And in just six days, Joe Biden will be sworn in as the new president. His task? To get the country back on its feet and maybe slow history down a bit. Harry Smith, NBC News, New York. That's the nightly news for this Thursday. Thank you for watching, everyone. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. Good night. I'm Mario Lopez. Our capital security concerns escalate. J-Lo and Gaga join the inauguration. All you need to know about Michael B. Jordan's new girl, Lori Harvey. Can he handle her dad? And every steamy secret from Bridgerton's sex scene coach access.